Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Ethan Dodgen and welcome to Tech Talk with Ethan, the theater podcast where we discuss all things behind the scenes. I'm a junior at Renaissance High School for the Arts in Long Beach, California. I started the show to learn from working professionals in the theater industry and I invite you to join me as we talk tech. Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk with Ethan. And today I'm here with Lauren Ziggle, who is a AEA stage manager. Thank you, Laura, for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little about what you do? Sure. I am, as you said, a, a stage manager with Actors Equity Association, my union affiliation. I also, outside of theater, do choral concerts with the San Diego Gay Men's Chorus. And I do uh, jazz and music concerts with La Jolla Music Society. And I've done a little bit of dance and opera and some corporate events. And now I'm sort of transitioning a little bit into virtual events. Nice, as, as we, we are in this, this time of pandemic. Does. Nowadays. <laughs> exactly. Um, How did you get introduced to stage management? Well, I was, I wanted to be a performer when I was a kid. I was a, I took dance classes. I had to dance recitals. I told my mom I wanted to be on stage. I saved up and took acting lessons. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia. So I took some acting classes at the Walnut Street Theater and University of the Arts as I got older. And then in high school, I was in a few plays and the tech theater teacher at my high school was a professional stage manager as well. And he said, I think you'd be a good stage manager. Um, why don't you do the middle school show? And why don't you do some, some of the shows at the summer camp? Mm -hmm. So he taught me how to be a stage manager. And then in college, I did more of that. And after college, I did some tech stuff and uh, was tech intern and an electrician. And I did a whole bunch of other things before I decided I wanted to focus on stage management as a career. So then I applied to UC San Diego for an MFA, and that's how I ended up in San Diego, and I've been here for 10 years now. Nice. That's great. A lot of, lot of, lots of education in between there, you know, to, to for your, you know, education. <laughs> yeah. Education is important, you know, of course. It is. Um, did you, uh, so you, so you took theater classes in high school too, as well as technical theater? There was an acting class and a tech theater class. Um, and so I took them both. Yeah, double, double, double team in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. You know, all for the education, the, the training, all that. Um, uh, what would you say are some, some skills of, of a stage manager that you would say are important? I think being flexible and adaptable is pretty important. Um, knowing how to have a calm demeanor and sort of stay calm when there's an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, being diplomatic, learning how to collaborate with a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different kinds of artists, um, and just knowing when to speak up and when to take a note. <laughs> yeah. Those are some big ones. Exactly. Um, a lot of people think that we aren't artists. I, I tend to disagree with that a little bit. I think calling cues in a show can be artistic uh, most of the time and just being in the flow with the performers and being there just running the show can be something artistic. So I think uh, if you have sort of an artistic type sensibility, it can also be a good, a good job for you. Um, but a little bit more of a technical mind is also good as well. So there's a lot of different types of personalities and, and abilities in stage managers. We're all, we're a yeah. lot different. <laughs> would, you, would you say like you're more of an introvert or extrovert? Oh, um, you know, every time I take a test, I'm right in the middle. 
or I'll be one point on one side or the other. So I guess am, ambivert, I think, is the word for that. So I've never heard of that. Yeah, I um I don't know if it's official or not, but I I've seen it online somewhere. Um, <laughs> a lot of times I tend more toward introvert unless I'm really comfortable in a situation or in a small group of people or something, and then I can be a little more extroverted. Mm-hmm. Would you would you say like in stage management specifically, like there's like one personality that's that's more common? You know, it's funny because in grad school we all take the MBTI at as a part of a class. Mm-hmm. And so we all find out in our whole cohort of, of um, three years in our seminar, um, who is what and where everybody falls on the scale. Uh-huh. And I think um, it skews a little more toward introvert most of the time, but you know, there's, it kind of ebbs and flows depending on the people. So I don't know. I don't know that I would say it was 50, 50, mm-hmm. but probably slightly more introverted. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, th- I think in, in, at least in my opinion, I think, you know, it, the tech people seem to be, you know, the, the shy sort, you know, and not really, you know, that's why they work backstage because, you know, they won't be in the dark and not be seen and, you know, and actors are the opposite, you know? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's true for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say is like your most, your, your favorite aspect of stage management? I love being part of the performance. I, I really love calling cues, but I also really love r- running the deck backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, just being part of the whole motion of the show and everything that's happening on stage. Um, it's, it's great. I also like making paperwork. So <laughs> that's yeah. one of the things I think if you really like doing Excel spreadsheets, um, that works out well if you want to be a stage manager. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of lot of paperwork, cue sheets, and all, all that, all that jazz. Um, you 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 are you are a AEA stage manager, um, and there's also another type of stage manager like freelance. Would you call yourself a freelance or like? Or, I mean, is there what's the difference between those two? Well, um, Actors Equity is a union. Okay. Um, it's not the type of labor union that finds you work but it gives you access to work. And then once you get the job, you're working under an agreement that has a certain number of provisions, benefits, safe and sanitary rules, things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say there's very few full-time equity stage managers in a theater. Some people have full-time jobs or they work at the theater all the time and, you know, they are the stage manager, Mm -hmm. but most of us are freelance. And so even if, we tend to work in one place a lot. It's not one full-time job necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- yes, I'm a freelancer. And that uh, that means that we're employees for the term of our contracts, which is usually the run of a show, you know, one week before rehearsals start, we have prep uh, work to do. And then through rehearsals, tech performances, and then our contract ends on closing night. So, uh-huh. um, and then we move on to the next thing. So I can't do non-union theater um, no community theater and no, you know, smaller type theaters that pay a stipend or anything like that. It has mm-hmm. to be a theater that will offer me an Actors' Equity Association contract. But I can do things that are, you know, music and and stuff like that that they are not um, that are not theater. Between between equity shows, I do a lot of music and things like that. So, mm-hmm. like, so are there certain like rules you have to have in place? when you're stage managing a, a, a union show, right? Like, 
there's certain things you have to do and steps you got to follow for that. Yeah, I mean, where wherever you're hired, um, that theater will have an agreement with the union, and so there's a, a like a rule book that comes along with that, and you can look up the rule book and you see kind of all the rules that that theater sort of has to operate under while mm-hmm. they're doing their their show. So um, there's a lot of regional theaters that belong to the League of Resident Theaters, LORT, and so a lot of the bigger regional theaters around the country all have that rule book. So you work for them and you open the LORT book and you're like, okay, great, these are the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the small professional theater contract, which is a little bit different in that um, each theater will start with that rule book and then negotiate with equity different rules and concessions mm-hmm. that they might need according to their budget or their season or how big or small they might be. Um, so SPT is, is that one for short. Um, and then there's all, all kinds of different contracts across the country. The, the Broadway shows, um, theirs is called the production contract and um, there's off-Broadway, that's a contract as well. So there's a lot of different ones. Um, the union will negotiate with either a, a, a producing entity or you know a group of, of theaters and make a contract for them depending on you know what they can do that that's really interesting how you have to you know have have all certain rules in place and like if you break one of those rules are there like consequences that like you have to face or you know well uh, if if the theater wants to break a rule like for example i mean it's not i don't know when we say rules it's more like oh well you know it's the span of day you can yeah, only yeah, for sure. eight, yeah, eight hours yeah you can only rehearse for eight hours and your meal break has to be an hour and a half unless the cast takes a secret vote and says oh it's okay <laughs> yeah. it's an hour you know so um things like that uh mm-hmm. are, are the rules so if the director says hey i want to you know i want to rehearse oh we can just keep going then mm-hmm. it would be my job to, to say, nope, we have to end our day here. You know, our, our day has been eight hours. It, it's time to end. And so uh-huh. we would just call the end of rehearsal. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Most theaters have been using these rules forever and they are used yeah. to them and they just automatically know um, kind of what's what they can do and what they can't do. But, you know, if, if they want to do something that's a little questionable or they're not sure, or you're not sure if it's okay, you can call a business representative for the union and say, hey, is this cool? This theater wants to do this. Can you talk to them? You know, or, or is this, is this fine? And I don't have to bring it up at a meeting, you know? Yeah. So that's the kind of, I mean, there are, they can get fined for things and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but that's for sort of bigger problems. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that they're like, you know, I, 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 I did not, I not, it was, you know, that in depth of, you know, the, rule books are like, the Lord rule book is like 190 pages. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> know all of them, you know, when nobody has memorized all the rules, but you kind of know the really important ones that come up all the time. And then everything else you can look up if somebody has a question or somebody wants to do something and you say, Oh, what's the rule about that? And you look it up. But yeah, you have that with you, like every single show, right? You get that. And then you have that with you particularly, right? Well, if you're a member, you kind of sign into the equity webpage and then they're all in there and you can look them up online. They don't, they don't really print out physical copies anymore to, to send people. They yeah. used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so people just sort of have it in, in the, you know, on their laptop and they can yeah. search for word. That's nice. In the PDF when you can search for certain things and then yeah. it finds it a little quicker. Exactly. How'd you, how'd you get into, how'd you get involved with, or how'd you get a, become part of AEA? Well, there's uh, it's funny because I just I'm on a, a membership education committee with Actors Equity and I just learned how to like I got training to be a presenter. And so um, if a college or a high school or someone requests um, 
just sort of a presentation about what is actors equity that I can do those and I've been doing them and now it's you know one of the little modules is how to join and how does one become a, an equity member yeah um so now I have all this information in my head um that's great there's three ways to join one is if a theater wants to work with you and they just offer you a contract and they you know whether you're an actor or a stage manager if you interview or something and they say we really want you to work on this show um we're going to use one of our our contracts do you want to sign an equity contract you can say no, you can say no, but if you want to take the job, you can say yes, and then you don't have to join um, because no one can like make you join a union mm -hmm. in this country. Um, but you still get all the protections of the union while you're while you you have signed that contract, or you can say sure, I'm going to sign this contract, and then I'm going to fill out an application, and there's an initiation fee, and then you get a card in the mail, and you're a member. Um, the second way is there's a, an equity membership candidate program, um, which if you are, you get a job at a theater that is, that uses a lot of equity contracts, they can be part of this system where um, it's kind of like an apprenticeship, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a job, but they just record the weeks that you're working there and um, they send them to equity and you can kind of keep track of the weeks that you're working on this show that's an equity show. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you accrue enough weeks over a couple different shows, it could be in a couple different places, you can then apply and become a member. Um, it's 25 weeks now. Mm -hmm. You can decide, but you can also still add up some weeks up to 50. And once you get to 50, you kind of have to decide if you want to join or not. Yeah. And you have sort of five years from when you collect all those weeks to decide. So you have plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the third way is if you belong to one of the sibling unions, SAG-AFTRA, um, AGMA, which is American Guild of Musical Artists, um, mm -hmm. that covers opera and some dance and some choral things. Um, AGVA, the American Guild of Variety Artists, which is, I don't know, circus and certain Disney performers and mascots and things like that, um, mm -hmm. the Rockettes. Um, oh, yeah. So if you're already in one of those unions for a certain period of time, you can sort of buy your way into equity by just filling out an application and, and paying them some money. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know too many people who have done that personally. Um, I happened to get mine um, when I applied to grad school. I thought this is one of my goals anyway. So um, I'm going to go to grad school. And part of that program is you get to do a show at La Jolla Playhouse uh -huh. and before you graduate. And then at the end of that show, you get to sign an equity contract and get your card. So I thought, oh, nice. That's my way. I'm going to yeah. do it because it's, it's rather difficult to get someone to just offer you a contract because, yeah, yeah. you know, a little bit of a competitive field. And, you know, a lot of people do get that, but I don't, I'm not sure it's as common as the equity membership candidate program or something like a BFA or an MFA program that sort of funnels people into working with a professional theater as sort of a graduation requirement. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. You can, you know, we can do, do that while you're still in school, you know, and then learn that learn that and have have that experience yeah yeah um so like so you're like you're you're part of that union like do you, does it expire like after like a certain amount of time like shows whatever like you have to renew it i'm guessing right we y you renew it by paying dues okay yeah. um we pay dues twice a year and then when you're working a contract they also take some dues out of your paycheck so as long as you're up to date with your dues then you're renewing your membership essentially and you can be a member as long as you want you That's... don't even have to work a certain number of weeks okay, or a yeah. certain number of shows to stay in the union once you're in you can as long as you keep paying dues you can be a um, member in good standing nice like spe spe special club for you know stage managers 
Well, there's far fewer of us than there are actors in actors' yeah. company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So it definitely. is a small club, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, you know, club nonetheless, you know, either way. <laughs> um, so there's, there's stage, is there one for like just technical theater in general? Like if, if like, you know, a union for technical theater in general? Well, there's, there is a stagehands union, which is, well, I am also a part of actually, um, the International Alliance of Theatrical and Stage Employees, IATSE. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a little bit different because there's an international office that oversees all of the local unions. Actors Equity is one national union. We all belong to the same sort of chapter, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. um, because it's national. But IATSE has sort of a local chapter in each city that they have um, that they've established a chapter. So mm -hmm. in San Diego, for example, it's local 122. Um, and then that covers carpenters, riggers, electricians, and then their contracts go per venue. So they have uh -huh. a venue, they have a contract with the San Diego Convention Center. So anybody who has an event coming in there and they need, you know, all of their trusts rigged and all of their lighting set up and all of their video people, that's all IATSE stagehands who come uh -huh. in and do that for the load in and the load out and, and working the shows. Um, so they, there's video people, sound people, um, and then there's like little offshoot locals um, that will cover costume and wig people, wardrobe people. And I think company managers in other places have, have a local chapter of, of IATSE mm -hmm. um, sort of it's, it's separate, but kind of part of the same umbrella, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, their stagehands are the other union and some theaters also have, um, have a contract with the stagehands union. And then okay. all of your crew on the show will be IATSE stagehands. Oh, nice. So, so that's, that's comes, that's comes with. So like if you have an IATSE stage hand, right. And then like your crew becomes, or unless, unless some of the crew is already IATSE, right. Then they already are. But then if they're not, they can, it's, confu uh, it's, it's confusing, not, you know, kind of, um, it depends on, you know, if the workers organize and they say, we want to be represented by the union, mm -hmm. um, then, you know, then, the venue has to negotiate with the union, the specific contract for that venue. And then they decide the terms of that and the wages and overtime and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the way I became a member actually was because at the old Globe Theater, I was an overhire electrician. And so I uh -huh. would just work every so often, you know, between other things. And um, the heads of the departments for one or two of the theaters of the three venues that they run at the old Globe uh -huh. were, state, were IATSE stagehands. And the other people, you know, who worked there as stagehands wanted to unionize as well. Uh -huh, so yeah. they negotiated a separate contract for everyone else who works there, um, the rest of the crew and overhire people. Now everyone who works at that theater as an electrician or a carpenter or a rigger or anything for load-ins and load-outs, those are all IATSE people as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. So That's it's cool. kind of different, the, all the, the yeah. unions and, and rules and, and labor type things it, it kind of varies it's really yeah yeah that, that that's cool how how you know there's all these all these intro you know intro all, all these like little details you know that you miss you know and because I, I you know like all this information i had not you know didn't know i knew so you know unions but not you know in depth about certain certain parts of that you know um but it's cool uh so is there like a certain is there a certain like age you have to be to join any of these unions or is it I think it's 18. Okay, yeah. Yes. 
I mean, you know, um, just, actually, there are child member, there are children who are members of Actors Equity, um, uh-huh. and also the you know the Screen Actors Guild, because you know there are there are kids who act. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's there's slightly special like different rules a little bit around you know because of child labor and things like that. But there mm-hmm. are there are members of of um, of the performing unions that have children. Nice, nice. Um, so we're, of course we're all in a global pandemic. Um, like are there online trainings you've done to keep your skills sharp during quarantine for stage management? Uh, sort of, I mean, I've been, I've been looking for things um, to do sometimes. I also have two small children, so it's a little hard to concentrate yeah. on stuff like that certain times of the day. But um, I did actually, I took an OSHA 10 class with the Stagehands Union um, just sort of general workplace safety and entertainment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was, that was cool. Um, I have done a couple of, uh, I, I know there's a few actors equity webinars going on. Most of them are geared toward actors. Um, there were a couple of other type meetings that I joined, um, the, the stage managers association, which is a professional organization that has stage managers of all types in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they offered some webinars and panels and things. And so I, I, I did, I, I watched a few of those. I participated in, in a couple of those and that was interesting. Um, yeah, I've just been trying to find things to do. Not They're not all stage management or theater specific, but they're sort mm-hmm. of in broader terms of, you know, live events and virtual events and sort of just trying to do find the, the time to do the things that I've always wanted to do um, yeah. that I'd never had time for before. Yeah, exactly. So things like that. I took a stage management, stage managing in intimacy class um, with the uh, intimacy coordinator, directors and coordinators group. So mm-hmm. that was like a six week um, thing. And that was, that was really cool. Um, nice. Yeah. So stuff like that, if I can fit it in and I, I like to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I like school. Exactly. And I like, I like, I've met so many people, you know, because now that's what we do. We go on yeah. Zoom and we meet each other and we have meetings and about stuff. So I've met a lot of people this way. And even just having general meeting committee meetings and things like that, I've, I've met people all across the country that I never would have met. Um, exactly. Face, it would have taken years. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's, that's great. That's so cool. That, you know, I mean, we all, we all are in this and hopefully we get out of it soon, you know, working live shows again. That's, that's the hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed, you know? This. Like I know it. I want to work shows again. I'm not sure about you, but you oh, know. I miss it. It's yeah. even hard to watch lot, like streams of shows because I yeah. just miss it so much. I know. Yeah. Um. So, um. You have. Um. So like when when we go back to live, like is there a theater you will go back to to work again? Like is there a theater you already? Well, I mean, I've, I've worked in four theaters in San Diego, um, kind of off and on. It depends on what they're doing and who they want and everything. I don't have like a home theater that hires me all the time. Um, so, I mean, I'm just gonna send them all emails and say, Hey, I'm available. Yeah, exactly. What's going on. And, you know, then sometimes they'll say, Hey, we have, we need someone for this show. What are you doing? Or something like that. So, you know, I guess it'll just be more of that for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, lots of work and, you know, people are looking people. Have you worked any uh, Zoom shows, live Zoom shows? No, um, but I did do a one day Zoom event. Uh, well, it, I mean, it wasn't like a Zoom event, but <laughs> I did a sort of a corporate type event for um, meeting planning type 
professional marketing type mm-hmm. people. Um, and then I'm doing another one like uh, of those coming up. So no Zoom theater. Nice. Yet. <laughs> we'll I mean, I mean it, it seems cool that we can, you know, like people are figuring out ways to, you know, have have theater still, but not like, you know, like sports and all that. I think it's cool that we can, we are, we are very, uh, we, we, we think on the fly, you know? Yes, As, we adapt. Yes, exactly. That's a, that's a word, adapt to our, our circumstances. Um, for like, so moving, um, so like when, when you're working on a show, do you like, do you like write, do you prefer writing your cues like on paper or like, do you have like a spreadsheet, do you like spreadsheets you said? Do you like have a spreadsheet like- and then? spreadsheets when I'm doing a, a play or something I am still one of those people who will write the cues in pencil in my script yeah um and just keep a calling script mm-hmm. and um that that's generally what I've been doing because I I I like computers I'm not tech averse at all but I'm also not an early adopter so yeah I know there that a lot of people have found ways even in word to put all their cues in their script in a word document in their uh-huh. script and format their script that way and print it out. Yeah. But, you know, a regional theater, the run is only three or four weeks at the most. And so I just feel like that would take a lot more time than I want to put into it when it's not mm-hmm. necessary for me. Um, if I were doing a longer running show, if I were on tour or on Broadway or something like that, I would definitely take the time to make that, you know, do to, to do that. But I just haven't really found it necessary yet to spend the time. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it still takes a lot of time to write, you know, all the keys are, if it's on paper still, you know, it's not, yeah. you know, but, you know. And I have to follow along. I mean, for yeah. the tourist shows, I have a score and I'll use uh, those little colored flags oh, yeah, yeah. that you can see through, but they have a color at the top. And so I'll put the clear part over the note that I need to call the cue on and draw a little box around it. And then I'll put the cue on the color and then I'll color code them. And so, I mean, there's only two shows in a dress rehearsal, usually in, in one weekend and that's it. So I'll just be sticking them. And then if they move, I just move them. And um, I know a lot of people who do things like that for opera, um, yeah. post-its or other types of color coding. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't put post-its or anything like that in my, in my scripts for plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that's why I've heard that, that stage managers are the type who color code their scripts and get all fancy with it. And it's like, and then, you know, sound designers, cute, you know, strips like all blank. And then your script's like, oh, colorful, you know, colors all over the place. And is it distracting? Is it distracting? Do you find it distracting to like have all the colors there doing a show or no? Oh, not for me. I'm no, sure yeah. if someone were to look at my stuff and they didn't know what it was all for, they would, they would maybe, you know, it might be overwhelming sometimes. Cause everybody kind of has a different system, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure I know any two stage managers who do everything the same way. We just don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And since there are so many ways to do everything, we all kind of learn from each other and we try things out and then we sort of make our own system based on what we like. So, yeah. I mean, that's how a lot of us learn the job anyway, you know, from other people. And, um, you know, we just sort of like do what we like to do and if it works, it works, but it might not work for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Hands on. I mean, that's how I learned. That's how you learn theater best, you know, hands on and from other people, sure. I think. Um, so like, do you have any advice of any advice that you give to people my generation, high schoolers, college people who would want to go into stage management as a career? Um, yeah, I mean, learn as much as you can and try to get internships and apprenticeships. Um, 
I hope, I've, I've heard rumblings, I hope that the industry is moving away from unpaid internships uh, because that is not equitable and everyone doesn't have access to that and it can't make it work. So, I mean, especially the ones that are paid internships, if you can work for a show or a season with a theater as a stage manager or as a, as a production assistant um, or as an intern in the stage management department, um, that's definitely a great way to learn. Um, you know, and, and try it out and do some of the things and see if you like it and see if you want to keep doing it. Um, there's, I mean, there's also operas and other types of live performance that need stage managers. So you can sort of branch out and see what it is you like to do best. Um, the Stage Managers Association is a great resource. It's been around as long as I was in high school and even before that, but I didn't know about it until um, probably 10 years ago. So that's a great resource. They have a, like, a, there's a document library on that website. If you become a member, there's a student membership. You can network with people. I think networking tends to be some of the best stuff you can do. Try to meet someone, try to have coffee with them, ask them about their job, ask them how they got where they were because everybody's path is different too. There's no one way to become a stage manager. There's kind of, you learn and you try and you see what you can make happen for yourself and keep going from there, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That that's great advice. Thank you for that. Of course. You know, to all those people out there who who want to want to go into you know career and with stage managing in particular. But uh, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, for for talking with me today. It's a pleasure thank talking you for with you. Having me. Yeah. No a lot problem. Of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, tune in next week, guys, on Thursday for another episode of Tech Talk with Ethan. Thank you so much.